Welcome to this virtual service at Westchester Chapel. Thanks for listening to this message that comes directly from God's Word. To hear more, visit westchesterchapel.org and click on Media. Now grab your Bible as we dig into it together. There was once a king named Hezekiah. He was the king of Judah, which is the southern part of Israel, and he was mainly a good king. He returned worship to the temple in Jerusalem as the Lord wanted, and he listened to the prophets, but he was saddled with an unfortunate decision that his father, the king Ahaz, or Ahaz, however you pronounce it, he had made an unfortunate and, as it turns out, rebellious decision to ally with the Assyrians. And it the cost of this alliance, which was mainly to the benefit to Judah, was protection from other regional enemies, but the cost was pretty high. They had to give uh, a lot of tribute, which is money, basically, or goods that equate to money, and it's sort of a protection racket, if you will, and for Judah, Judah was expected to give a full ton of gold and 25 tons of silver. So it's pretty hefty payment to be protected by Assyria. So Hezekiah got a little impatient and he kind of gathered other regional powers to rebel against Assyria to withhold the tribute. He chose an opportune moment when the king of Assyria, his name was Sargon, died and there was a little bit of a struggle over who was going to be the next king of Assyria. Uh, So this guy named Sennacherib ultimately prevailed in that particular battle, and he was not going to let Hezekiah and the other regional kings get away with being rebellious and in withholding their tribute. So he came and took swift action against the rebels. He brought his army and he began to conquer various nations, and he is even conquering cities in Judah. So we're joining our scripture today. It's Isaiah 37. And in this scripture, we pick up the story when Assyria is threatening to come against Jerusalem. Already, Sennacherib and his army are marching against other cities, and they're on this slow but steady, maybe not so slow, but a steady path toward Jerusalem. It's clear that's where they're going. Well, Hezekiah is panicked about this. And we see in our scripture that he is so distraught that he tears his clothing and he in mourning and in distress and he dresses himself in sackcloth, which is a a form of humbling himself. And he sends a very important palace aides to the prophet Isaiah to seek his prayer and his intervention before the Lord. He wants Isaiah to pray to the Lord for him and for the nation, and he needs Isaiah in in his capacity as priest prophet. Prophets were understood. He wasn't, Isaiah was not a formal priest uh, at the temple, but prophets were understood to be, since the time of Abraham and Job even, were important prayers. And so the Lord has talked about the prophets as being heard by him when they intercede for a person and they prevail in securing mercy for that person. Well, Isaiah is quick with the answer for Hezekiah. He says 
to the people who are sent to him. It says, say to your master, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard. And these words, by the way, were brought to Hezekiah's attention because of the people who were employed in the army of Sennacherib would say these words, blasphemous words against the God of Israel. So Isaiah says, do do not be afraid because of the words that you've heard with which the young men of the king of Assyria have, have reviled me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him in Sennacherib so that he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. Well, so after this, Sennacherib finds that the king of Egypt has set out to fight him, and so he's got to gear up for that battle. Egypt is one of the stronger regional powers. He has to gear up for it and turn his attention there for the moment, but he wants to keep Hezekiah in fear. So he sends the king of Judah a letter that basically says, don't believe your God will help you. I've destroyed many, many, many cities and kings and devoted all the remains of those cities and and the king's goods to my God. Their gods didn't help them. Neither will yours. But Hezekiah has a different reaction from his first reaction to the threat that he heard that we see in, in Isaiah 37. His reaction is different. Now he goes into the temple. He spreads the letter before the Lord and he prays. It's a beautiful prayer. It's filled with faith. It's in Isaiah 37, starting in verse 16. I'm going to read it just because it's a great prayer. Let's listen to Hezekiah, how he is before the Lord in his spiritual walk. And he prays, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear all the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to mock the living God. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations in their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. That's true. Because they were no gods but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. And therefore they were destroyed, easily destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us from Sennacherib's hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone are the Lord. Beautiful prayer. What happened to Hezekiah between the first threat and this one? What happened to change him? from a a king that's panicked, even though he might have anticipated Sennacherib's response to his rebellion, what happened to him? The word of the Lord happened to Hezekiah. The word of the Lord. He heard the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. We are in a series on lessons from the prophet's lives. Today, we see clearly the effect of obeying the word of the Lord. Hezekiah was so afraid, he covered himself with the shame of sackcloth, and he couldn't even say a prayer himself. He sought the prophet's intercession, and he received even more than a prayer. He received the word of the Lord, which I'm sure is one reason it was Isaiah he picked to pray. He wanted the word of the Lord, and he didn't only get a word, but he believed the word. We know this because he is strengthened enough 
to pray for himself, the next go around, the next threat, and he also takes action to protect the city of Jerusalem. We know from parallel accounts about this story in 2 Kings, and if you're taking notes, that's chapters 18 and 19 and 2 Chronicles chapter 32. We know from these parallel accounts, and also, by the way, some historical discoveries, that Hezekiah acted to help protect the city. He was no longer so afraid he was immobilized in sackcloth and ashes. He created underground rivers to ensure that Jerusalem would have water should it suffer a siege. He fortified the city. This is no longer a frightened king, unable to do anything. This is a king strong enough to pray and prepare. You see, the word of the Lord strengthens And because Hezekiah has prayed directly to the Lord, Isaiah receives another word about Assyria's fate. And this word starts like this. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, because you, Hezekiah, have prayed to me concerning Sennacherib, king of Assyria. This is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him, that the king of Assyria, Sennacherib. The word goes on to say that all the boasting that the Assyrian king has undertaken against the Lord's going to come back against that king himself. Because, the Lord says, because you, Sennacherib, have raged against me and your complacency has come to my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth, and I will turn you back on the way by which you came. Then the Lord, through Isaiah, promises Hezekiah a sign to prove that Judah will not have to fear a return of the Assyrians. The Lord, through Isaiah, promises Hezekiah a sign to prove that he doesn't have to fear that the Assyrians are going to come back. And this is the sign. And this shall be the sign for you. This year you shall eat what grows of itself and in the second year, what springs from that? And in the third year, sow and reap and plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Okay, so what is this saying? This is basically saying to us very simply, the Syrians have been here for a long time, at least a year and a half. And during that time, you really couldn't plant anything because they were always a threat. They were ravaging Judah. So they couldn't reap. So what are they having to do? You have to eat what's left over, what stayed in the field, and then eat whatever grain comes up out of the leftovers in the field. But in the third year or thereabouts, they're going to be back doing their sowing as usual. That's what the sign means. That's what the Lord is saying is that you're going to, you've been uprooted for a couple of years, but by the third year, you will not be concerned about Assyria because you will be growing your own wheat. Your life is going to return to normal. About Sennacherib, the Lord says, Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city or shoot an arrow there or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mound against it. By the way that he came, By the same, he shall return and he shall not come into this city, declares the the Lord, for I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Again, God comes back to a promise he made to the King David that he would always have a 
king on the throne. And we know ultimately that is fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ, our king, who is a son from the line of David. And so that's a long ago promise that God is going to keep. And he's keeping it not just because he said it, but certainly that's a big part of it, but because he is glorifying himself in the saying of it and in the keeping of that promise. And so what happens to Sennacherib? What is the report that turns him around? And part of it is the king of Egypt is coming against him. He's got to focus on that. But along the way, ha ha, the scripture tells us that an angel of the Lord kills 185,000 soldiers in the Assyrian army. That's a big loss. And it's probably a plague of some sort. We don't really know. But what we do know is that it is sent by the Lord to fulfill his promise to Hezekiah that he's not going to have to worry about Sennacherib. Sennacherib is going to go home. And that's what they do. The whole army packs up and goes back to Assyria. Now, the prophecy that Sennacherib would be slain in his, his own land, that happens too. It's later much later, 20 years actually, or about, that Sennacherib is killed by two of his sons while he is praying in the temple to his God. He's praying to his God in his temple, and he gets killed by two of his sons. I just want to say the point here, the word of the Lord strengthened Hezekiah, but it not only strengthened him, but it comes to pass. It came to pass immediately to remove the army of the Assyrians, and it comes to pass eventually to remove this particular mocking king of Assyria. This isn't really the point, but I kind of want you to see it. Isn't it interesting to see the difference between Hezekiah and his prayer to his God? His prayer brought deliverance. The son of Cherub's prayer to his God brought him death. There's another important aspect to this story, though. I want us to see today. And that is this. Isaiah, you see, had given an important word to King Ahaz, Ahaz, the the father of Hezekiah. So just one king before Hezekiah. You see, earlier when Ahaz was the king, he was feeling the heat of several regional enemies. And in that, he was the king of Israel, the king of Aram, and he, he's frightened. And they've ganged up to attack Jerusalem. And so he wants to make an alliance with the ruler of Assyria. He wants to make an alliance to get protection. He's the one who sets up this onerous protection racket problem that Hezekiah rebelled against. But Isaiah had warned him. He had warned him and the people that that kind of alliance would be dangerous. Ah, was it dangerous? (laughs) You betcha. The word of the Lord that Isaiah spoke to that king came true. The alliance with Assyria turned against Judah and it became a ruthless enemy. Not only that dangerous, but that the Lord was displeased that this alliance was ever made because it indicated a desire to fix the problem with a human solution rather than relying on their God to fix this problem. So it was a lack of faith. And the Lord so wanted the king Ahaz or Ahaz to choose properly. He wanted that king to choose properly that he offered him a sign. He said, 
ask me for a sign that my word will come true and you can believe what I'm telling you. But that king, he pretended, oh, you know, I would never put the Lord to that kind of test. He pretended to be also holy and all that because he really wanted to get the Assyrians involved. He really didn't trust in what Isaiah was going to tell him. This story is told in Isaiah 7. We studied it several weeks ago. It's in verse 14 to 17, it reads like this. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a young woman shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows enough to refuse the evil and choose the good. And we talked about this at the time that this particular prophecy was discussed at church. We talked about the curds and honey is not wonderful food. It's the food of peasants. So in other words, he's going to be living in poverty when he, by the time he's of age to make choices. And the prophecy goes on and says, For before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread, that's Israel and Aram, are, that land's going to be deserted. The Lord will bring upon you and upon your people and upon your father's house such days as have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah. He's going to bring the king of Assyria. Everything Isaiah said to Hezekiah's father came true. Everything. The deliverance that Hezekiah's father sought ended up bringing hardship, immiseration to Judah. You see, the word of the Lord comes to pass. The word of the Lord comes to pass. And you see, after his experience with Hezekiah's father, Isaiah could have become cynical about kings. He could have felt kind of hopeless because you know something? Good people are going to suffer when the Assyrians come as well as the people who brought the trouble on themselves. Isaiah will suffer. He might feel hopeless, like the king doesn't care about the ministry of prophecy. He could have refused to hear or to speak the word of the Lord, but he didn't. He had the word of the Lord and he spoke it to King Ahaz and to King Hezekiah. Isaiah was obedient to speak the word of the Lord, and Hezekiah was obedient to receive and believe it. Because the word of the Lord strengthened Hezekiah and because the word of the Lord comes to pass. The most important word of the Lord to obey is what we read in the Bible. What we read in the Bible is the word of the Lord to obey. And what it says goes. We need to receive it and believe it because it will happen. It will certainly happen. I want to give you an example of that. Giving giving regularly to the Lord. This was not really a problem for me. I grew up in a family that was good about doing things like giving to the Lord. And so it was modeled for me. It doesn't mean it was always easy, but I always knew I needed to give. But God, see, he promises to match or exceed us in generosity when we trust him enough to give according to his direction. And when we trust him with our finances, he promises to 
outdo us in gargantuan way with his generosity. When I was laid off at a certain company, I was at that time giving my regular tithe to Westchester Chapel, and I was had also been called to give half of a tithe to the Nazarene Church here in Manhattan. And so when I was laid off, I asked again about the giving, and God said, keep on with what you're doing. So this is 15%. When you're laid off, often you have no income. So this was a potential 15% of nothing, but <laughs> as it turns out, that never happened to me. I was laid off, but I was immediately rehired at my same salary, not in a full-time position, but temporarily because some people in the company were so indignant that I had been laid off because they could see it was a political choice rather than a function of merit or that, frankly, that they needed to absorb the headcount. They, they were, these people were so indignant, they hired me back, and guess what? They gave me a raise while I was working temporarily for them, and they gave me a bonus at the end of the year, and when I actually left the company, I left with a generous severance package. It was the best leave-taking I could imagine financially. You kind of wish you could almost get that whole situation all over again. But I kept on with the 15% of giving, and the Lord blessed me. And this is a promise that he makes throughout the scripture, but notably in Micah. And I never had any concerns. He blessed me. The word of the Lord, as I understood it from the Bible and as I, as I sought it for my own personal application, the word of the Lord came to pass in my life in that situation. And so what the Lord says to us, people of Westchester Chapel, friends and family, receive, believe, and act on the word of the Lord, because it strengthens and it comes to pass. In short, obey the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord strengthens. The word of the Lord comes to pass. And so the word to us here at Westchester Chapel is receive, believe, act, obey the word of the Lord because it strengthens and comes to pass. And so that's the position all of us are in. All of us have the opportunity to obey the word of the Lord that is rendered unto us. But there are some of us in this community who also hear the word of the Lord for other people. Now, we always test revelation. If you hear something you think is from God for another person in the congregation, you should bring it for testing and direction from the pastors. So, just let's, let me just say that caveat. We don't go around telling people, well, you've been called to move to Alaska or anything like that. We, we, <laughs> we test these revelations. But once the word that is heard is found to be of the Lord, we need to speak it. We need to give the word. Now, sometimes if it's somebody in the congregation who's heard something, they pass it to a pastor. The pastor will render the word if it's found to be true but it needs to go forth to the person for whom it, it is intended because the word of the Lord strengthens just as it did to Hezekiah and because it comes to pass. And so we must obey the word of the Lord by speaking it, by believing it, by acting upon it. This is the prophet's life, obeying the word of the Lord. Let us pray. 
Father, we thank you, Lord God, that your word strengthens, that it comes to pass. We, we thank you that you are so kind to us that you have given us everything we need to live a life that pleases you. In this Bible, you have given us everything we need. But on top of that, you are so gracious and generous to give us specific direction for our lives. Sometimes we ask for it, sometimes we don't, and it comes to us because we have need of it. And so we are so grateful, but we need help. We need you to give us the gift of obedience. We need you to unblock our ears and open our eyes and soften our wills so that we hear and see and receive and act on and obey the word of the Lord. And so we know that you're speaking to us about certain things. And we need to say to you, yes, Lord, confirm that word to me now and give me the obedience I need to move on it, to act on it. And if you're one of the ones who either has a prophetic gift or has heard on occasion, on behalf of somebody else, I just want you to place your hands forward and say, Lord, this gift doesn't belong to me. It doesn't mean I'm super special. What it means is that you have a message for one of the ones you love and you desire. This message should go forth once it's confirmed to strengthen and come to pass in that one's life, to strengthen that one into obedience. And so we choose to give you the gift of revelation and we choose that you render it according to your will because you love your body, you love your sheep, and you want your sheep to be strengthened by the word of the Lord and to move in obedience to it because it will come to pass. And so we thank you for that, Lord. And we pray, Father, most especially the word of the Lord has shown us this, has spoken to us in this way. He came, the word, to live the life we could not live, to die innocently on the cross, nailing to the cross and bringing down into hell all of the sin of those who will believe in him. And then the Holy Spirit resurrected Jesus so that we could understand that everything he said about himself was true. Everything that's been revealed about him in the Bible is true. And we can understand, therefore, that when we die in our physical body, we don't, if we have placed our trust in him, Jesus, the word of the Lord, that we do not have to die eternally. We are resurrected instead with him. And so we say to you, yes. And we may have said to you, yes, many times. But today we say to you again, yes, yes, you are our God. You are the word of the Lord. And we call upon you to strengthen us in our salvation and to give us the obedience we need to walk out, to act on, to receive, and to live in the obedience to the word of the Lord, which will come to pass. We thank you, we praise you, and we give you this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. 
the Lord turn his face to you and give you shalom. Go in his peace. Amen. Thanks for listening. After hearing the message today, if you'd like to start a relationship with Jesus or rededicate your life to him, why not do it now? Pray with me right where you are. Lord Jesus, I turn from going my own way and I choose to follow you. Forgive me for my sins. I thank you for dying on the cross to cover them and rising again from the dead. I choose now to live for you and I receive your life into mine. Amen. If you prayed with us, get in touch through our contact page at westchesterchapel.org. There you can find more information on how to grow in your faith and where we meet. We'd love to have you join us.